At Urban Farm Podcast, we are all about education, and April is Foliar Feeding Month. Have you heard of it? It is a super simple application of spraying liquid organic fertilizer on your trees and garden plants. The leaves, branches, and trunks are incredible at absorbing nutrients. And if your soil isn't great or your pH is off, foliar feeding is a quick and long-lasting fix to get your plants the nutrients they need. Want to learn more? Join us for our free online webinar on how to apply this amazing process to your gardens and fruit trees. Visit urbanfarm.org to sign up. That's urbanfarm.org. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 656th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Greg Peterson coming to you from the Urban Farm in a cold and rainy Phoenix, Arizona. That's really quite an interesting twist for us here. And I'm here with Jenny. I'm going to introduce Jenny here in a minute, but I've got a couple of things I want to share first. And I want to do a big shout out to you and thank you for being here because I, given that you're listening, I know that you're dedicated to your food future and what it takes to grow an edible yard of your dreams. I really want to encourage you to keep joining us for all the free stuff that we got going. And everything we do here takes the support of our team, myself, Janice Taylor, Teresa, Raymond, Renee, and that takes money flowing in. Some of you already support us, and for that, we're deeply grateful. And before I share our evening tonight, I want to uh, make a request, and it actually costs quite a lot of money to share all the free urban farming information that we do. I love doing it, don't get me wrong, and the only way I'm able to do it is thanks to your generous donations. So if you have learned anything from what we do in our podcasts or what we do in these free chats or free classes, I'm going to ask for your support in making a donation, either ongoing or one time, to urbanfarm.org forward slash support us. By doing so, you can ensure that we can continue to bring you the great content that we bring you. Or you can check out our course lineup and invest in your own food future by enrolling in one of our comprehensive online crash courses, including Jumpstart Your Urban Farm, Growing Food the Basics, Aquaponics, Backyard Livestock, Permaculture City with the late, great Toby Hemingway, or Seed School Online. And you can check these out at urbanfarmu.com. So whatever you can do, we deeply appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on and keep going. So thanks for listening. Tonight, we are here with Jenny. And as gardeners, giving happens pretty much anytime we have a good harvest. However, we would like to introduce you to someone who can help us make a really big difference in our community by using any skills that we have and magnifying our good fortune through teamwork and cooperation. Jenny Beasley received her certificate as a health coach at the Institute of Integrated Nutrition in New York City, along with her bachelor's in science in business administration from Northern Arizona University. Yay, NAU. <laughs> she is currently director for Heart for the City Community Garden located in Glendale, Arizona. This is an amazing space. She became involved with Heart for the City 12 years ago. They're a nonprofit that helps change lives of inner city at-risk youth I think we call them something else than at risk anymore, though, don't we, Jenny? Yes. yes and we'll we talk about that in a minute. By walking life with them, she was asked to spearhead a half-acre community revitalization project 
a community garden in which they educate Title I school children and their families on gardening and provide families ways of growing their own healthy food. She is also dedicated to become a health coach to fulfill her passion of working with individuals to enhance their own well-being. She is currently becoming a master gardener. Welcome, welcome, Jenny. Thank you so much for being here with us once again. As always, Greg, I'm really happy to uh, chat with you, whether we're chatting on the phone or just chatting through this type of social media. So thank you for having me. Absolutely, my gosh. So we have a little bit of a shared history. I'll just be straight up front with people about that. You and I connected, what, six, seven years ago, maybe? And you you reached out to me, I think, on a whim to see if you could catch my attention. And you dragged me. No, that's not quite true. I, I, I did go willingly to a piece of dirt behind a fire station that was full of old asphalt. And you said, I want to turn this into a community garden. Tell me what's happened since then. So, yeah. So that's one of my favorite stories. Cause yeah, I did, I did a cold call and I just called you out of the blue and you answered. So that was, that was, you know, just so great. And then I said, just give me 15 minutes of your time. And you said, shoot. And I go, no, I'm person. So um, <laughs> community garden is located behind a fire station. So we're, we're just shy of a half acre. We have about 35 fruit trees. Uh, well, we have 35 fruit trees on our property, mm-hmm. which, you know, surround the perimeter. So right now some new peach trees and um, pomegranate trees from, you know, courtesy, thank you from the urban farm so much mm-hmm. for that. Yep. And we have been growing in raised beds. We've been having to continue to add raised beds to four by eight raised beds to our community garden. And then we have also two communal in-ground 30 by 40 in-ground beds that we plant as, as a community. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, it's just taken on a personality of its own, as I was talking to you earlier, because with the community all feeling like they want it to be a part of their shared uh, gifts, it's just transformed into kind of reminds me of a home when you see the family and you get to know their personalities and you walk through the garden and it's just it's just such a wonderful serene place to be well when you have a party uh, everybody kind of gathers around the food right yes doesn't it kind of feel like that in the space it really does i have this place i call the hub it's where our pergola is built uh-huh. And we have a couple of picnic tables and a really large table. Like if you pictured, you know, having something in your in your dining area, but that's where we all congregate. That's where we have birthday parties. We celebrate birthdays. Nice. We just share share about our lives with one another. We share whether it be, you know, unfortunately, some people have you know deaths in their family or weddings or babies being born and just just all of that at the community garden. So yeah, it it is a big like gathering of people and sharing life. And yes, we do have fiestas in the garden. (laughs) Lots of fun. Nice. And this space is in a kind of a poorer area of the city. How has the neighborhood come to interact with you and what you're doing there? That's a great question. You know, in the beginning, I would go to the garden and I would just be like, okay, like, you know, like, they were still curious about what we were doing at the garden. They really weren't sure. There was rumors flying around that we were, you know, building like a car lot. And then, oh know, my we were, gosh, we were putting some, we we're going to have some animals in the, in the lot, but the community 
it's taken some time and, you know, we can talk about that in a little bit as far as what's ha- actually helped them feel comfortable about coming to the community garden. But it was, it was just, it's a gated garden, but I feel like the, the, the gates always open. And I kind of picture this bridge going into the garden of all these different cultures. Cause we have like nine different cultures that go to the garden. Um, really? Participate. And I'm talking consistent volunteers. Yes. And so I think at first they were just curious and they really, the question that I was asked the most is what is a community garden? They had no clue, no clue. Uh And so they've just started to really embrace it. They walk across the street. They come from different areas, ride their bikes. And we have families coming out all together. Recently, we just had um, an apartment building built next to us and that property. Remember that big old Right, the big empty lot behind it? Yeah, adjacent to us. And they built a beautiful apartment complex for families that were really needing assistance with living. Yeah, but it, it really is. It's it's really a nice place. Most of them that come next door just to visit us, they want to know all about the community garden. They want to participate. They're very happy with with you know with the apartment complex. So so I feel like at this point right now that we've been building the relationships and that they've really been accepting and they're very curious and they want to learn and um, they want to be a part of the community garden. Wow. So you posed a, a question early on in this part of the talk. What is a community garden? What do you tell feel, people? Well, I feel like one of the things you taught me in the very beginning was, you know, Jenny, go visit community gardens, go see what, it, you know, what, because everybody has their own community and each community is different. Each neighborhood is different. But what I tell people is for as far as our community garden, it's a place where people, and I always emphasize this, that they can come and it doesn't matter what gardening experience you have. Mm-hmm. We want to grow together. We have people you come into the community garden, we are going to um, meet you where you're at as far as gardening. And if you are really an experienced garden, you can actually be able to share your knowledge with other gardeners. And then I usually give them like a tour and just tell them that we are here because we believe that people should have access to fresh, pesticide-free, non-GMO, but local vegetables. And, mm-hmm. and it's within walking distance. If you come in, we are open 12 months a year seven days a week. So they have, they all have codes that they, if they need to run across for dinner and get pull some of the basil or a cilantro, whatever they want, they need, they can actually, you know, go into the garden or grab some fruit from our trees. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like it's a safe space. It's a serene space for them. So I know it's a long definition, but it's really educating them about what a community garden is and how we want them to feel welcomed and to be able to grow what from what their culture grows, mm-hmm. not just oh, I always tell people we want to grow what you, your family will eat. Yeah. So we can all learn, you know, all the different vegetables there are from all the different cultures. Right. And you've had that happening, right? Yes. Yes, quite a bit. Quite a bit. Seems to me you recently called me and said this guy wants to use manure for his onions. He's got special mm-hmm. onions he's growing, right? Yes. Yeah. We have. We're, this is a new new adventure we're starting. Um, so what I like to do, Greg, is when people come to the community garden, again, it's all about community, is to give them like roles. And when I say roles, it's like to give them something that they're really wanting to bring, whether it's a gift that they have. We have an artist community garden or something they really grew up when they were a child. We have a family from Mexico wanting to teach us how they grew corn in Mexico. Oh, then, nice. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, because we experimented with that and a lot of them were falling over. And one of the gentlemen says, hey, you know, my family, we grew it in Mexico growing up. I want to, I have a portion of land to show everyone and then we're going to cook it on the big, you know, like outdoors. And, nice. and, and so he wants to do that. So we're, so that's what we're doing. We're um, letting people come in and we're starting this onion patch from the Dixondale farms where we ordered some onions from them. Yes. And, uh-huh. Yeah. So anyways, getting back to the manure. So some people are comfortable with using manure and some of the cultures are not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had to have a discussion about that and just get some feedback. I think it's always good to listen because we learn a lot about the different cultures and some yep. of them like to eat more stir fried food and others will more raw vegetables. And so it's, and some will eat just the leaves and some will mm-hmm. eat the pods. So Lots to learn. Cool. Jewel wants to know what kind of trees are you growing in the community garden? Well, we started out growing citrus trees. So we have all different types of oranges and we have lemons and grapefruit. And then most, again, we have uh, pomegranate trees. And then we also have some peach trees and one apricot tree. Oh, we do have a juju tree. I don't know many of you are familiar with that, but those are that's that was donated by one of the neighbors across the street. Oh, nice! And he also donated a mulberry tree. I was going to say you have a mulberry tree there too. Yes, so quite a bit of trees. Carrie wants to know how you stay open twenty four seven. I love the idea of someone being able to go there to harvest for their dinner. I think that was one of the main things that our participants or volunteers and everyone that participates in community garden lights. What we do is we did build a fence around the community garden and then we have like a, a lock on it with a code. And just because we have our cargo container on there, you know, in there with a lot of tools, but uh, so they're able to go and we give out the code to all the gardeners and they can, that's how they are, are able to access uh, the garden. There you yeah. go. There you go, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, you're doing this project and it's been a project because I've been involved with it all along the way. We planted the citrus trees in there and along the way, I'm sure there has been things that have happened that when they happen for you, it's like, oh my gosh, this is the reason that I did this project. Do you have one, one of those stories that you might be able to share? That's a tough one because there are so many right wonderful wonderful stories about people really caring about one another. I see it every day in the way that so we have one gentleman who he's from Hungary. He rides his bike there every day. Well, that you know he lived he's been here for a while, but he rides his bike to the garden every day and he plays soccer and he's in his late sixties and. He's just, he comes to the garden and he, he, his thing is he just loves to weed and, and kind of do a lot of the, you know, the, he's not a big gardener, but he loves the people there. Mm-hmm. And so he recently was in a bike accident, you know, mm-hmm. somebody hit him while he was on his bike. And so I just seen all of the um, gardeners just, you know, make sure that they take meals to his home. They're checking on him. Sending uh, him. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. No. And I'm just saying, it's just, that's just the tip of the iceberg, Greg. I see it, you know, I see it a place for like a mom to come home and she just sits by the citrus tree. She just wanted to come in and sit there. And she said, you know, I'm a single mom. I just want to be here. And I just want to have a place of, of like a quiet place where I can just, you know, take a deep breath and just 
you know, relax and yeah. and have a, a quiet place for me to sit for a while. And I think that the most wonderful part for me is just seeing all of this happen without me being involved because it means that they're they're mixing, they're talking, they're sharing their lives with one another. And that to me is what community garden is all about. I can tell you that gardening is a part of it, but the biggest part of it is the community and the sharing with one another and sharing our lives, like I mentioned earlier. So I just love to see that happen where you just feel like you're, and I I don't say this, you know, lightly, we're in a big family. We're in a family that really, really cares for one another. And it's because we take the time in the hub, you know, in our kitchen at the garden to sit and to listen and take time to share about our lives and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right. So people are wanting to know if they can get a tour. So let's start. Where's the garden located at? The garden is located at 6233 North 69th Avenue and Bethany on Bethany Home Road. So that's in Phoenix. That's in Glendale. In Glendale. Yeah, we're located behind a fire station 152. And so so it's kind of close to the stadium, the Phoenix, you know, the stadium about 10 minutes away from there but yeah the crossroads are like bethany home road and 69th avenue on a little side street so mary lynn wants to know can we come and tour yes always 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 that one in my first days when i was starting i would see someone come to the garden for a tour and i'd be like oh welcome to the garden let's go for a tour because i was so excited to have people but we're always excited to have people right yeah and so yes you're and the one thing too is, you know, I know some people are working during the, you know, day, you know, the daytime hours when I'm there, usually in the mornings until the afternoons. Mm-hmm. But I'm flexible because I just want people to come out and see what a community garden is all about. And of course, we're there on Saturdays. And like I know the gardeners have access to it all the time, but I'm there usually Tuesdays through Saturdays. And then we have gardeners that are there on their days off. Like um, so they come in on Sundays and Mondays. So usually pretty much someone is always at the community garden. Ah, here's one. Mary Lynn wants to know, can you offer consultation to other organizations to replicate your project? You know, we love to. I That's how I learned by reaching out. And recently I just went to go visit another community garden of a lady that I really admire here in town, another community garden. And so I'm always willing to help to help out in any way I can. You know, you can reach me through our Heart for the City email. Which what is that? It's HFTC. So Heart for the City. HFTC. Gardens. So it's so it's plural. Yes, plural. Gardens at gmail.com. So that's HFTC.garden at gmail.com. Gardens. Gardens, plural. Very good. And we'll have that in the show notes when this Thank goes live. And perfect. And it's a half an acre, right? Yeah, just shy of a half acre. Shy of half an acre. That's that's a nice size property. And Jules says, if we come before noon, do we just show up? Yes, you can just show up. Usually, pretty much, we do have um, some people, again, don't want to be around some small groups. And when I say small groups, they're like five, five, maybe to 10 people. Mm-hmm. But we are a large garden, so it's pretty, you know, we have, we can spread out. But I like to tell people that ahead of time because some people still are a little bit, you know, wanting to stay away from like some of the any size of group of people how did you get this funded because this this project i mean we put in thirty five hundred dollars worth of citrus trees what six years ago 
And I know Our I donated $6,000 worth. Okay, good. And I, I know I donated some of that, but uh, you know, you've got raised beds, you've got a container, you've got a pergola. How did all of this come to be financially? So it first started with us receiving a grant. It's called a CDBG grant. And that had some stipulations where we had to build out the garden within a certain period of time. And and we had to get a certain amount of bids. It's kind of like any grant, they have certain stipulations. And so with that, we were able to get, you know, all the tools, all of the watering system put in, our pergola built, the foundation, I want to say. And then from there, we have local businesses that were willing to partner with us and partner with schools so that we could build like the raised beds. Mm-hmm. And then you are one of our partners that we've just, we're so grateful to you in the urban farm. So for always, Thank I can you. always reach out to you. So I, that's from my heart. Thank you so much. So, and then we've re- able to receive some smaller grants to sustain it. And then sometimes we'll do like sponsored tree, you know, um, All right. just to help, help with the water and that mm-hmm. type of thing. And then we'll have individuals give small donations. Well, and, and one of the projects was this was a piece of property with no water to it. So if I remember correctly, you had to do a fundraiser and it wasn't a small amount of money to get a yeah. water meter on property, right? Yeah, well, that was covered mostly that was covered mostly by the grant for that mm-hmm. for that portion of it. So yes. It was wasn't twenty thousand? It was about twenty one thousand dollars, yes. Yeah, to put a water meter in. Yes. That's like, really? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're, we have like with that, you have to get your water flow checked every year. So we have somebody, you know, that will recommend, uh, they know someone that, Hey, this business would like to help you guys out. So they'll, you know, we just have businesses that like that, that will definitely in and, and know what we're about and what we're trying to do in the community and to how to help uh, families. And so they'll, they'll be, you know, very kind and generous and help us with some of the, you know, those items that come up. Yeah. Cool. So what inspired this in you? What really inspired me initially was I had taken a class and I started learning about whole foods. Mm-hmm. I started learning. I, cause I grew up, I didn't really grow up eating like the kale and the shard and not mm-hmm. a, not a large array of vegetables. We were very, right very limited, you know? And so when I, my eyes were open to all these different vegetables and how I saw people getting off medication by changing their diet, right? was shocked. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying they just did this on their own. They went to a physician and they were able to get off. Like, I know this sounds insane, but like 19 medications, one lady and I, and she said, but I, I cleared it through my doctor. This is clear to my doctor. And that changed her life. And I was like, wow. So that's when I went to the, you know, get my certification from the Institute for Integrated Nutrition. The more I learned, the more I realized that, wow, that, you know, growing your own food and having, being able to have access to that. And that's truly what inspired me because I felt like that, you know, everyone that, should be able to have access to that as far as being able to learn how to right. grow your own food and not make it so complicated to keep it simple. Cause you know, and I know that I didn't know how to grow anything when I started this, right? <laughs> not even a flower plant. <laughs> well, you know, we just have to, you know, you just have to jump in and kill some things or not. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's it. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I kind of have my green thumbs now, I hope. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. What, on a monthly basis, what kind of expenses are you looking at? I think water is probably for us, you know, the biggest expense on a monthly basis. And then I'm the only one on staff right now. So I wear many hats, you know, in the garden, but we have some wonderful volunteers that just are, they, they're there consistently stepping up um, that, you know, teach. They, they're there just 100% to, to help out with whatever needs to, yeah. to um, keep the community garden going. So, so I would have to say water is one of our biggest expenses. Oh, I guess water and then you. Yes, probably me and then water. <laughs> right. Yes. Because, you know, there's, there's this whole notion of, of lack that we live with in the world. And, you know, we really have to take on the abundance that we have. Because when you look at your fruit trees right now in your gardens, what kind of abundance do you see? As far as in terms of like all production. The, yes. What kind of production are you getting off of your fruit trees? Let's go there. And that is that I'm glad you brought up that question because that was one of the that's one thing that we can give to like help the, the local families to feed those because it's so easy to transport all that fruit. And so thousands really of fruit, you know, we can just pick from the tree and we're able to share that. And so even during like COVID, when that started, you know, we're able to share some of our grapefruit and donate that to one of the local food banks. But that's, I just love the fruit trees is one of those things that it's just, it's, you know, it's just so easy to transport and, you know, stay fresh. It's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Mary Lynn. Now, I don't know if Mary Lynn, if you're in Phoenix or in the Phoenix metropolitan area or even the low desert, she wants to know how much your water bill is. So the water bill, it ranges. So I would say it can range anywhere from $300 Mm -hmm. to to maybe like $180 a month. Oh, got it. So $150 to $300, bucks. call it. Yes. Uh Cool. How have you been interacting with the volunteers and getting volunteers and how does that process work? It initially, it was just, you know, because of our nonprofit and our director usually is out there talking to different groups about the community garden. And I would go to the schools and talk to mm-hmm. the parents about the community garden. And so initially, it was a little bit slow starting, you know, because they need to know about what you're about and who you're about. And the longer we've been in the community, we just have volunteers that that are so committed and they really, when I say committed, they're there every week, uh, some of them five days a week, but I have people there every day wow. committed to helping out. Yes. Sometimes waiting for me there. <laughs> nice. It's a great feeling, you know, that, that they're so committed to this community garden, but. So there's a question here. So I always ask for questions. So, and we got some questions from you. I don't know whether we covered this or not, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyways. And uh, it says here, what was the game changer that brought more families and different cultures to feel comfortable in wanting to grow their vegetables at the community garden? The biggest game changer was when one of our volunteers went to Tucson, city of Tucson, and she visited another community garden. And they didn't, they were telling her that for two years, nobody would come out to the garden. And their game changer for them was building individual raised beds. And so I said, we need to do that at our community garden. And once we did that, we had the families that felt comfortable coming out. You know, it could be, you know, the grandmother, you know, the in-laws. And then the whole family 
being wanting to garden together. And that really was a that was the biggest game changer that we wow. had. Yes. So yes. people people have their own little garden plot there and that brings them in. Plus you do have some community beds that are bigger, right? Oh yeah, we have two 30 by 40 spaces. But I believe the game changer, I spoke to a gentleman from Bangladesh and I know his family very well. You know, I watched their house while they went, they went out of town. And wow. The reason I say that is just because he was telling me like in the beginning, it was, they were still like just getting to know us and know what we were about. And, but once we built the box, then, then his wife came over, his two kids, his father-in-law, his mother-in-law. And then they started planting there and then it brought them out to the community garden more and more. Mm. And they started planting what they were used to eating. And then after that, he started feeling more comfortable about sharing seeds because a lot of them will share seeds with each other because they see the beautiful plants that are growing from other countries. And they're like, oh, that's so pretty. And, and what is that? And what's the name of that? And so it just started to like open that gateway of conversation by mm-hmm. showing them, like looking at what they were growing in their bed and just sharing that information, sharing their garden knowledge, sharing seeds. So that was the game changer, those raised beds. Raised beds and community and community comes together. Community. Yes. So Jewel wants to know, do they foliar feed like the rest of us farmer Greg followers? Have you been doing foliar feeding? That's where you remember the, the, the stuff that you spray on the trees and plants. Oh, no, no, we have not. We have not done that. No, we have not done that, but that is on the horizon. I think I had yeah. spoken to Janice about that, like not yeah. too long ago. Yeah. Yes. It, we are seeing dramatic, extreme results when people foliar feed. So it's mm-hmm. really great. Do you have any final thoughts to share with people? So one of the thoughts that I just wanted to share was, I think the most important gift that you can give someone, at least for me and what I've learned from the community garden is your time Mm. to not, not a lot of time, but time meaning to listen and to share like, you know, a smile or just sharing conversation because a lot of the people come out to the garden and they really, they just want to be, feel connected, you know, to, to other people. And I think that's really important right now to feel connected to other people. Big time, big time, big time, big time. Well, thank you so much for joining us. How can people find out more information about your space? So they can go to our website, our heartforthecityaz.org. And that's our website. And it tells about the different programs that we have, but it does you know, show the community garden. A couple of photos there. So that would be probably the best way to communicate and just learn more about Heart for the City and, and the community garden. Perfect. The web address is heartforthecityaz.org. Perfect. Mary Lynn, I've heard bananas do grow in Phoenix. I've never grown them. <laughs> I've never grown them. And your uh, your email address once again is? hftc.gardens at gmail.com. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our monthly chat. Thank you, Greg. And thank you so much to all your listeners. I'm so glad you were able to join us today and learn more about our community garden. Perfect. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, we will catch you in our garden chat next month. I don't know what the topic is, but Janice will be sending out, our team will be sending out a, a note about that. So thank you, everybody. And have a great, wonderful New Year's Eve. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. 
Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. One of the first things that many of us learn when we start to garden is how to water and fertilize the soil. But there is an exception to this rule and it's called foliar feeding. You should foliar feed or water the leaves of your plant with liquid fertilizer when you want certain nutrients to be absorbed better. Not only are the leaves great at uptaking liquid fertilizer, if your soil isn't very good or your pH is off, foliar feeding can help your veggies and fruit trees quickly get the nutrients they need to thrive. If you're ready to start foliar feeding for maximum growth yields and quality, head on over to urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves to see our selection of foliar feeding products. That's urbanfarm.org forward slash feed the leaves.